Welcome to the Eat This, Not That podcast. I'm John Hammond, and this is Megan Murphy. Hi, everyone. And we are back with a very special episode. This is actually part two of our discussion with Seamus Mullen, the author of Real Food Heals. So let's get back to Megan, and let's get back to the story. Could you talk actually a little bit about um, your book, Real Food Heals, and yeah. what inspired you, and a little bit more about the recipes you just touched upon? Yeah, so I, you know, what I really wanted to do with this book was to, to share my journey mm-hmm. um, and what I've been through and what I've learned about um, the impact that food has on our health and our well-being. And I think what's really important to remember is that uh, what works for me does not necessarily work for the next person. Mm-hmm. It's we're, we're, we're complete individuals and everybody has their own relationship with food. But hopefully, um, you know, I can provide some guidance and maybe a little bit of inspiration for someone who's on their own journey to then understand there's so much that we all can do to develop this positive relationship with food. Um, and, and so the book is really about, listen, I, I've got t- two decades of experience as a professional chef. I know how to make food taste really good. Um, here is an approach that taps into some of those those tricks and hacks that I've learned along the way, but th- these are not chef-driven res- recipes. These are these are recipes that are really created for the home cook. They're easily easy to replicate. Um, and even if like, you know, I, I often say, listen, get the book, open to page whatever you like and don't cook that recipe but cook your own recipe that looks like that mm-hmm. or just take yeah. take inspiration mm-hmm. from it okay so here's a you know there's this I'm looking at this dish right now that's got avocado and shaved vegetables and anchovies well if you don't like anchovies but you really really like I don't know you like tuna for instance yeah. make the salad with tuna um, or if you're like not an avocado person, like my mom is not an avocado person. I don't know how that's the I case. Don't, I don't understand. But she, her. <laughs> she no doesn't offense. like avocado. I know. Um, <laughs> but she doesn't like avocados. And so she would make this, and she has made this dish before, but without the avocados. And she's like, oh, but I really like putting blood orange in. And so she puts the blood orange in. Okay. Right. And yeah, so, you know, it up a little, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm, <clears throat> I've always been an advocate. I feel like there's there's two kinds of people in this world. That there's the people that cook from recipes and the people that don't. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely the latter. I write recipes, but I don't. I look at a recipe like, oh, that sounds great. Yeah, I'm going to do my own version of that. I think to me, like recipes are just they're comforting. Yeah. I, you know, we we live in the era of, of Google, right? So it's like you, you just Google everything. Just give me the give me the instructions. Show me how to. Yeah. You know, teach me how to, and I have 30 seconds. Go. Yeah. I just want to follow direction. You know, directions so I can kind of do other stuff because we're all multitasking at any point in time during the day. And what I really liked about your book is is the simplicity of your your tenets that you kind of mm-hmm. list throughout and you know the first one was was like pursuing the pursuing joy in the kitchen and so i've i've made a con- concerted effort myself to to be more engaged in the kitchen uh, take more control of my food supply over the last couple of years and what i've what i've learned over the past couple of years is exactly what you're saying i used to be very dependent and beholden to the recipes. I needed them for uh, security, if you right. will. And now it's like, I'm like, okay, I have this stuff. I know how to roast vegetables. I know how to make a, a pot of brown rice. Like, let me just throw them together. And, exactly. and But it needs a little flavor. So whether that's, you know, some crumbled goat cheese or a balsamic glaze that's in a bottle and I just drizzle over it, you know, how do you get, how do you get somebody to kind of pursue joining the, is it, is it getting somebody to kind of have that dependent, uh, independent 
from from recipes and kind of finding their own freedoms? Yeah, I think it is. I think that it's you know all all really good cooks are are great improvisers. Yep. They're good at looking, opening up the refrigerator, going to the market, seeing something, and saying, oh, you know what would be good with that? What if I took this and I put this with that and I added that? And I think with a couple of of, of really simple um, guidelines, like you just you just pointed that out, John, which I love, is you, uh, adding a little bit of acidity right. that goes a long way. You added some fat with the goat cheese that right. gives the creaminess a texture. Um, so textural contrast, I think, is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, vibrancy is really important. Acidity is really important. A little bit of spice. Thinking thinking about your dish as having four points on the compass, um, like that, that's in traditional Thai food, they always talk yeah. about there being four points on the compass, and you need to have those. You know, sweet, salty, sour, sp- spicy. You need to have all these different th- these different elements, and that brings out so much and makes a, a dish dynamic. And I think that once you can, you know, if I, I what, one of the things that I'm always amazed by is there are a lot of people that will look at a recipe and realize they've, they've, they've gone to the store and they bought everything and they're like, oh, I forgot the nutmeg. Urgh, I can't make this dish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now I can't make it. It's ruined. Yeah. It's like you've been in my kitchen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But the, the uh, maybe the dish would be a little bit better with nutmeg, but maybe you decided you're going to make it with star anise because that's yeah. what you have. And suddenly, whoa, it's a completely different dish right. and it's even better. So there's, there's a certain freedom that comes with um, learn the recipe, learn the technique, and then forget it. Yeah, you know that's absolutely. the that's the the real the real value because then you have the you have the creative freedom to improvise and sometimes it won't be as good as it would be otherwise but other times it'll it'll be it'll be great yeah. right and then if you do forget the nutmeg you're not angry yeah it's, it's you're inspired to do exactly. your own thing and I think that just takes confidence in the kitchen trying new things like. I am definitely an improviser. I only follow a recipe if it's baking. That's right. a science. Yeah, yeah, that's, you need yeah. to. But when it comes to cooking, like a little this, all that, taste it, change it. That's what the beauty of cooking exactly. is. And, and I, I'm a very joyful in my kitchen. It's my happy place when I cook. Mm-hmm. So I loved this book for sure. And it's also the other part of joy that I think is really important is that it's the joy of making something for someone else. Yes. Yep. The joy of giving or of nourishing somebody else. You know, we we really. Um, I think we derive as humans much more value from giving than receiving gifts. So if you think about cooking for someone else, there's the real the real gift is in the is in the ability to do that for someone else. It's a real sign of love, um, and then the 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 joyous element of 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 sharing that that meal together is is so important. And if food becomes just uh, fuel and habit, we lose we strip away that joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's, you know, that's, that's really important to remember that one of the great gifts that we have is that we've been able to, um, as humans, one of the great gifts is that we've been able to, to, uh, to create pleasure in our food. And I think that's very different from the rest of the animal kingdom. Like we, we don't eat just out of necessity. We eat because it's a very pleasurable act and it's a joyful act. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's one of the greatest gifts we have. And if we deny that, um, we really are, are missing out on this great moment of, of, of love. And also one of these things that I think is it contributes to our longevity and to our health is uh, that, that sharing, that socializing and sharing an experience, sharing a meal. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, it, it creates, to me, it, 
I, I've realized more so now than ever before because I have young children. I have you know two young boys now, and you know cooking for for them is it takes it to an, it creates a connection that wouldn't exist otherwise. You know when a kid comes up to you and is like, and it's like my ten year old asked me, he's like, Dad, you know, will you make your you know pulled pork for you know for for dinner? We're like I, we haven't had it in a while. Can you could you do that? Or you know Sunday morning is always pancake morning in our house, and I get up with the boys and, and make a big batch of of pancakes, and and I know they love it and and they talk about it, although. They don't like mine the best. They like chips, pancakes the best. <laughs> and then there might be one other. And then, but you're you're definitely third. That's Yours okay. are third you're best. You're on the podium. I'm, yeah. you're good. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. in the top three. So, but it, but there is this association, and and also I think it has I think it has a incredible impact on their own relationship with food um, because as often as we can Natalie and I you know we'll bring them into the kitchen and they'll, and they'll invite themselves into the kitchen and they'll want to to help you know even mm-hmm. if it's just pouring ingredients in the bowl or mixing it for a little bit but they see the ingredients that we use they, yep. they see how careful we are making sure our kids always eat you know fresh veggies or you know with the with the pulled pork I just do you know sweet potato wedges just again dressed simply and and you know baked in the oven and mm-hmm. they caramelize and there's that sweetness and and they love them more than they would love french fries so you know it's it's it has an impact more than just our own health it, it's it has an impact on how we connect with like you said like the the value of, of cooking for somebody and there's the, that reward on both sides there but also the lesson of you know as, as you say in the book, nutritious food is delicious food. Mm-hmm. And, and it kind of changes that relationship um, with, with how we think about food and, and how dramatically your relationship with, with food has changed. It's so true. And, and I love that, that, that idea of getting the kids into the kitchen, too. And that mm-hmm. was something that, for me, was really fundamental and, and set me on my path to, to becoming a professional cook. I spent a lot of time cooking with my grandparents and with my, with my, my parents as well. And... When kids get to see the process, mm-hmm. they start to understand how food ends up on the table rather than it's just this thing that kind of miraculously appears, right. you know, either out of a package or somehow yeah. just shows up on, on, on their plate. And I think that's super important. Yeah. Yeah. That's why one of the reasons I got into food as well is just I grew up cooking with my mom's an amazing cook. My grandma, she still cooks. And our favorite memories are gathered around the table. Like at at Christmas morning, we hand make manicotti. She makes them one by one, the crepes. My grandma, she's in her 90s. Like it is my favorite memory of the entire year. So, you know, food is so special. It's so funny how so many people, the memories that we have that stick with us for the longest are often culinary memories they're, they're food memories and they're usually memories that have to do with somebody else that's really important in our life that we shared a moment of food so it's such a, a primordial in, of primordial importance to us as human beings that we're very very connected to this notion of food as memory and nostalgia mm-hmm. and and uh and that's where the joy comes in and if you if you think about then just thinking of food as purely as fuel you're robbing yourself of those important memories that you that that are so important that are so fundamental in, in in the development of who we are as people. And you know, so many of us think we don't have time to eat healthy, or it's too expensive to eat healthy. You know, and it's just easier to kind of pick something up on the way home or quickly order something from an app. You know, what would your what would your argument to them be? How would you how would you how would you express how how easy it can be and how, how time, can it be time efficient to cook an, an actually, mm-hmm. you know, delicious, healthy meal? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I would also say, do you have time to be sick? Well, that's, yeah, that's you know, right. there's, yeah, right. there, there's the, 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 the reality is, is that we, it all depends upon where we allow our priorities to fall. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, 
it's more costly to cook with really good quality ingredients. Um, and there's no question about that. I think that one of the, the one of the things that's interesting to to think about is that we, as a nation in the United States, we spend less uh, a smaller percentage of our disposable income on food than any other uh, developed nation in the world. So we put we put a really low value on food um, as a percentage of our of our total budget, our total income. And I think there's a couple of reasons for that, but one of them is that um, starting in the 1940s and 1950s, food became really cheap in yeah. this country. You got the dollar menu everywhere exactly. and all of that. And, exactly. and, a lot of, uh, and a lot of foods were subsidized because of, uh, of uh, major lobbies. Um, so you ended up, you know, if, if, you, if you were to take the, the real cost of beef by the pound versus the artificially lowered cost of beef by the pound in this country, you'd be surprised at how how cheap our meat really has has become. And when we think about that, not only are we looking at lower quality ingredients, but we've become desensitized to the real cost of what 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 it what it takes to raise really good quality ingredients. Um, and beef is a great example of that. I mean, to pastured beef, grass-fed pastured beef, which is actually uh, contributes positively to to um, the ecosystem and to the environment, um, is ex- is is expensive it, because it requires a lot of money to do that. It requires right. a lot of resources. The animals don't grow nearly as quickly as as commodity beef does. And land, um, all those things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so we 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 think that it's expensive to eat well. Partly because we um, we don't budget as much money for our food as a lot of other a lot of other cultures do. That's part of it. The other part of it is that you know there are lots of ways that you can eat very well and eat eat, eat in, you know healthy food without breaking the bank. Um, one of my favorite ways of doing this literally is to take a head of cauliflower and roast it. Mm. And you know even if it's organic cauliflower from the farmers market, it's still probably only three dollars. Right. And that easily feeds two people. And then you can gussy it up with a bunch of other stuff and spices and whatnot. And you can make yourself a pretty filling meal for under six bucks mm-hmm. um, of really, really good ingredients and really good food that's actually quite good for you. So, you know, you could roast the cauliflower and then maybe you fry up some free range eggs to go along with it. And uh, and then if you're, you know, if you're really feeling like you want to, you could throw some capers and shave some Parmesan on top of that. and you really not spend very much money at all and you've got a great a great dish that probably costs uh, you know four or five bucks per person yeah i love the capers edition exactly there. Little, i love capers yeah, yeah exactly that's perfect yeah. all right we're going to take a quick break from this incredible discussion with seamus uh to talk about something else that's delicious it's perfect keto bars now what are perfect keto bars perfect keto bars are a great tasting keto friendly bar with ingredients you can actually trust sometimes less is more If you want to lose fat, have more energy, get rid of brain fog, boost your mental performance, and increase your physical performance through a low-carb, ketogenic lifestyle, Perfect Keto Bars are here to help. All other bars on the market either have high sugar content, high net carbs, use pro-inflammatory fillers and stabilizers, and don't support a ketogenic diet. Perfect Keto Bars were tested on their blood glucose levels extensively to ensure a minimum glycemic effect after consumption. Perfect Keto spent over a year on R&D and went through 14 different iterations, finding the right balance of ingredients that would make a great tasting bar without spiking blood sugar. Keto bars are portable, convenient, fast, mess-free, and great for travel, work, before the gym, or study session. Keto bars are for people who eat a ketogenic diet, like to avoid unnecessary blood sugar spikes, want a clean snack option, and look to eat a low-carb, 
guilt-free diet. There's only three grams of net carbs, and they've got delicious flavors, almond butter brownie, and new this month, salted caramel and lemon poppy seed flavors, which are launching right now. And here's where it gets even better. For 30% off site-wide, visit perfectketo.com slash eat this and enter promo code eat this at the checkout. Again, 30% off the entire inventory at perfectketo.com slash eat this and use the promo code eat this. And now, as much as we love talking about all the great food that we eat and taking control of your food supply so you can feel great and healthy, you know, another factor for me personally is the food that my dog Fenway eats because I want to make sure that Fenway is getting the best possible ingredients in every meal he eats. Because if you're like me, your dog's health is probably as important as any other member of your family. And it starts with what you feed them. But do you really know what's going into your dog's food? That's where Ollie comes in. Ollie puts dogs first with vet-formulated recipes and fully transparent ingredients to give your dog the healthiest food possible. Ollie makes fresh meals for dogs with real ingredients that people can eat and delivers them right to your door on a regular schedule. They beat out store-bought dog food at a 10 to 1 on the palatability scale. And judging by the way Fenway's been hoovering down his Ollie dinners, I can, I can account for that, uh, for that scale. And because they create customized, vet-formulated recipes made with all-natural ingredients, no preservatives, and sourced from U.S. family farms, it's even more delicious and you can feel even more confident in what you're feeding your pet. Go to myolly.com, answer a few questions about your dog, and they'll customize recipes to your dog and ship pre-portioned meals so your pup gets the perfect portion every time. They've delivered 5 million meals and counting. Shipping is free, and if your dog doesn't like the meals, they have a money-back guarantee. Now, as much as Fenway loves his Ollie dinners, it gets even better because Ollie is offering our listeners 60% off your first box plus a free bag of treats at myollie.com slash try slash eat this. Again, that's myollie.com slash try slash eat this. This is the best deal they have available anywhere. Go to myolly.com. That's O L L I E.com slash try slash eat this for 60% off plus a free bag of treats. Can't go wrong with that. Now, let's get back to Seamus and talk about our own treats. And I just love yeah. the, the idea of, of reframing it and not thinking about like, well, it, it, this, you know, these ingredients are going to be more expensive or, or eating healthier is, is more expensive now. But you think about the cost over the long yeah. term of what you could lose in your, in your health. Yeah. in your energy levels. Medical bills. You know, yeah. And again, yeah. like as, as someone with, with a young family, like I think about that now, unlike a, any way I would have ever, ever thought about it in my 20s or right. early 30s before having that. Because number one, you think you're invincible, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But now not only do you, you realize you're not invincible, yep. um, but I think about how am I going to be an active participant in the boys' lives yep. 20 years from now yeah. when I'm 65, you yeah. know, or 25 years from now when I'm 70 or 75 and so on and so on. And, you know, that has to happen now. You know, you, it, the way you live now has an impact there. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like compound interest on a mm-hmm. credit card, right? If you don't deal with it now, you're going to be buried under a mountain of debt. It's only going to get harder and harder and harder. Right. Yeah. So, and yeah. how is that for like if if so someone that that's listening and and hearing this and and is inspired as as we both are by mm-hmm. by your story and is thinking to myself like this is great but like where do I start how do I yeah. start yeah. like what, what are the top few tips yeah that you would share 
Well, I mean, like, uh, there's some simple ones. You know, if you're a coffee drinker, stop putting sugar in your coffee. Mm-hmm. I thought um, you were gonna say stop drinking coffee. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. There's pick your battles, and that's not <laughs> right, one. Exactly. Don't pick that one with me because I. Uh, um, yeah, no. I think that's that's a great place mm-hmm. to start. Um, try going dairy free for two weeks. Yeah. Just to see what it feels like. It's not necessarily for everyone, um, but most people do notice a difference, and I, I don't think that. I mean, I'm not dairy-free. I go through periods of time when I am dairy-free, and I, I will say, to be completely honest, I feel better when I don't eat dairy. Is Can I tell you specifically what that difference is? It's very difficult to say. I can't mm-hmm. say, you know, I, I, I feel like I, I'm, I get stuffed up a lot more often if I'm eating dairy. Um, uh, maybe there's a little more swelling in my hands or I feel a little stiffer. I love cheese. Yeah, me too. <laughs> don't don't get do, me wrong. Right? I love cream in my coffee. Exactly. I like cream in my coffee. So I'm not saying forego pleasure entirely, but just experiment and see what that feels like. Uh, try giving up. Um, try giving up gluten for a while. You know, see mm-hmm. what. See if you notice a difference. You know, give it a couple of weeks and see if you notice a difference. Um, and I think that one of the things that happens when you when you start to reframe your relationship with food, inevitably you become much more in tune with all of the ingredients that are in so much of the food that you're consuming that, you know, I, I'm a I'm a I'm a meticulous label reader of mm-hmm. everything. And Which is good. Yeah. you have to. I feel yeah. like you really need to, and particularly if you're being conscientious about how you're eating. And in reading lab- labels, um, that much you start to realize how difficult it is oftentimes if you're trying to for instance i'm i'm a big advocate of getting canola oil and any so-called vegetable oil out of your diet mm-hmm. i think they're very toxic and they're not good for you at all um they're not vegetable oils if they don't come from vegetables they're seed oils uh and they're highly refined refined and highly processed um and highly oxidative so they're not healthy oils at all but when you realize that and then you think oh nuts are healthy and then you look at the ingredients and 99 percent of dry roasted nuts are roasted in canola, canola oil, oil yeah. um, so you're getting that oxidated roasted oil into your system via a nut, which is not good at all um so you you start to realize that um you really have to make an effort to cook for yourself if you want to really make sure that you're taking care of yourself and not putting any of this crap into your body. Mm-hmm. You got to take control of the of the um, of the environment and control the environment. And uh, so I, I would say the first thing is to to maybe make a challenge of of cooking at home five nights a week. That's a good one. Yeah. That's just you know try that try that for a month. We're gonna cook at home five nights a week. We're gonna cook our we're gonna make lunches three days a week. And that I think is a really big step. It takes, you've got to budget your time. So not only is it more costly in that you're buying a lot of ingredients, but it's more costly in the sense that the greatest uh, commodity, the most valuable commodity we have is time. But if you can create, as you did the other night, this joy of cooking while you're doing it, that investment, that time is not a waste of time. It's a, it's, it's a moment to put your phone down. Maybe it's a moment to bond with your wife or to, mm-hmm. to bond with your kids, to share and the experience of, of cooking something. Um, and then I always suggest cooking in batches. So it's Sunday night. Kind don't of prep. Yeah, don't right. roast one chicken, roast two. Make a roast chicken for dinner. Have a second roast chicken that you're going to then repurpose as uh, chicken salad or as chicken soup mm. or as, you know, nori wraps the chicken in avocado. There's so many things you can do. And that just kind of gets you one step ahead so you're prepped. Interesting. And it's it's funny because you think about the prep work kind of 
I, the challenge I have is thinking ahead to if it's Sunday, I don't know what I want to eat on on Wednesday right. or Thursday, let alone Tuesday, uh, Monday probably. So, you know, do you do you suggest kind of making plan? And what I like about what you're saying is like kind of tackle a small challenge first because yeah. we get we get in this mindset where if if we can't see immediate results or if there's not some kind of immediate victory, it's it's kind of disheartening. Mm-hmm. So this is the you know small battles along the way that before you know it, you're two, three, four, six months down the road. And it's not so much the the impact that you'll see on the scale, um, but it's how you, how you feel, right? right. This is this is more about, like you said, like real food heals, and you might not even realize how bad you feel until you start to to make some to of these changes. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that yeah. was for for me when I had the 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 holy shit aha moment. And I started to feel better. I was I was walking down the stairs in my apartment and realized halfway down the stairs that my feet didn't hurt. And it had mm. been 11 years that since I last felt that sensation of not having pain in my feet. Wow. So it took me not feeling pain to realize that I had been in pain for mm-hmm. so long. And I think that for a lot of people, and um, a lot of people don't realize just how good they could feel. It's almost like if, you, if you're wearing glasses and you're walking around with dirty glasses all the time, and then suddenly someone says, hey, your glasses are really dirty, let me clean those lenses. And they pull the lenses off and they spray them with that fancy spray and they wipe them down and you put your glasses back on and you're like, holy shit. I can see. <laughs> I can it's see. Beautiful. The world is really amazingly bright and vibrant. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and, and I think oftentimes it's good to, to have a, just to give yourself a little bit of a gut check and realize, wow, you know, I'm doing okay, but maybe I could be better. And the reality is, everyone can be better. Mm-hmm. We can mm-hmm. always be better. We're never going to be perfect. That's the great thing about being humans is that we can always improve on what we're doing. And if you get to a point where you you feel as though, all right, I got this, then you can t- take on another project and you can move to the next thing and say, now it's time for me to, to move the bar and try something else. So I, th- I think that, um, you know, just... Taking a few steps, and the, the simplest step is, is really is really to just to cook a few nights a week and to get back into it because it's a, a bit of a lost art, um, it's a or a lost skill. It's something that we've we've kind of forgotten to do and we've stopped doing. And to bring that back into the the fold of what we do, I think it makes everything else in your in your life better. We agree. We couldn't agree more. Yeah. That's awesome. And then just one quick takeaway before we, we wrap things up with, with you here, you know, kitchen prep, are there, what are your go-to, like if, if I'm a home cook and, mm-hmm. and you know, use the term cook l- loosely there. Um, <laughs> hey, you you're cooking, you're at home, you're <laughs> a home right. cook. Yeah, exactly. You know, what are, what are, what are your, like your go-to, like as, as much as, as we're obsessed with like quick results, we're obsessed with gadgets and yeah. you know, I was just talking about the Instapot that I'm obsessed with right now. Yeah. Are there, are there things, are there, if there are two or three items that you, everyone should, should have to really get started and just make life easier as yeah. far as prep work? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, well, let's start with some ingredients that I think are, yes, that are fundamental perfect. that everyone should have. First and foremost, uh, olive oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm a so huge. That's what you're replacing yeah. the canola and <clears throat> exactly, vegetable yeah. with. Right? I'm a huge fan of extra virgin olive oil. I, I exclusively exclusively use olive oils from Spain. Um, I lived in Spain for a number of years, and as far as I'm concerned, the best olive oils in the world come from Spain. So I'm a big advocate for that. Um, I uh, I also always. Um, I always use, uh, well, not always, but I like to have a spiralizer. I use that for vegetables, and there's lots of things you can do with a spiralizer. Not only make fake pasta out mm-hmm. of vegetables. Mm-hmm. The zoodles. But <laughs> the zoodles, yeah, which are, which are fun and great. But you can also use it for um, for, for creating the body within uh, a frittata. Um, you can make uh, you can make little crepes or pancakes out of them, out mm-hmm. of, you know, using the zoodles. There's lots of things you can do. So that's a really, really fun one. Um, 
then in terms of other gadgets, um, I, I'm kind of old school. I love using a mortar and pestle. Really? Yeah. It's so I, satisfying. I, I love really using it great. too. Yeah. yeah. There's a great Definitely. feeling to using a mortar and pestle. And there's also something unique about when you crush uh, garlic and like say one filet of anchovy together and then you add in some olive oil and you add in uh, maybe even some lemon zest and then a little bit of vinegar and you mix that all up. Suddenly you've got this really incredible vinaigrette that the flavor is different than it would be if you did it in, in, a, in a food processor. processor. Yeah, yeah, in a blender. I mean, I also, listen, I love blenders. I'm a huge fan of the Vitamix. It's an incredible blender. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great for making soups and all sorts of stuff. So having a good quality blender is, I, so I have the lo-fi and the hi-fi. Yeah. Um, uh, the analog and the digital. I, I love I love, um, I love, love both of those. Uh, and then you don't need a whole lot of pans, but having a couple of pans, like two or three really good pans, super important. And lastly, I'm a big advocate for one-pot cooking. Mm. Yes. So having a good Dutch oven that you can do a nice big stew in or a braise in is uh, is is really great. Yeah, I just I literally just got my first Dutch oven this year. Yeah. Wow. And I've been using it obsessively. Oh, they're if the I'm best. not using the Instant Pot, I'm using my Dutch oven. By the way. Yeah. I got nice. one uh, as a gift for Christmas, the very pretty purple Le Creuset one. I'm oh, obsessed. Nice. I, I don't even want to use it yet because it's so pretty, and I don't <laughs> yeah. want to junk it yeah. up. It's, so just sitting, it's sitting like, on top of my heavy, yeah. stove. It's so pretty. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I just got uh, – a friend of mine just gave me a massive Staub 16-quart mm-hmm. Well, so oh, it's like it's it's literally you could you could bathe a baby in it. Yeah. It's massive, <laughs> and it weighs probably like sixty pounds. But yeah. it's so nice. I mean, you can roast two whole chickens in it. It's That's really incredible. incredible. Just let us know when we'll yeah, come exactly. over exactly. and cook them yeah. for us. Anytime, exactly. anytime. <laughs> Look, I love it. This this is this has been an amazing discussion, an inspiring discussion. And at the end of the day, you know, no one can make you take control of your life and and your food decisions, right? You you have to and hopefully, you know, if you're listening, hopefully that moment doesn't come like it did for, right. for you, Seamus, where it's it's kind of, you know, I see the light, I don't want to go towards the yeah. light. Um, but whatever it is, like I think there's some great advice here and I think your book is an excellent way for someone to to make a first step and just kind of start on that, that journey. And, you know, and you say it in the book is, is be patient, right? You have and to be patient. You have to be yeah. patient because it's, it's going to be a journey. But, but I think your advice on, on thinking about the long term and, and the way this will pay off in dividends, like down the road is, is so incredibly meaningful. And, and I hope what, it's certainly what I'm going to take away from this conversation and the way I'm going to continue to think about it and the way I'm going to try to get my family, my friends, my, my kids to think about it. Um, because it's, it's, there's probably, there's probably no single way to have such a significant impact on your long-term health, happiness, longevity, than just taking control of your, of your own food supply. Cause you're going to take control of your health in that manner. Completely. So, so I thank you, uh, incredibly for, for sharing that with us today. Yeah, my pleasure. You know, and one thing I think that's really important that I just like to, to add to that Please. is, is, um, is listen, I went through an incredible journey where I was sick and overweight and on lots of medication and I was living with an incurable disease. Um, and I turned it all around. And there's no signs of RA or Sjogren's syndrome or fibromyalgia in my bloods in any of the tests for it's incredible. it. Incredible. And I am not remarkable. You I'm, are very no, remarkable, Seamus. No, 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 no. I am. Everyone has the capacity to do this. Yeah. It's extremely. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not the anomaly. I'm, I'm not an exception. Um, and I think that that's you know really important to remember that it takes it. 
it's very difficult to do on your own, and I didn't do it on my own. You know, I had a lot of help, had a lot of support in doing that. Um, and, and I hope if there's one takeaway that, that, that folks can get from this is that it's very, very possible to take control of your health. It requires a lot of discipline and it requires a lot of, um, of patience because as you said, it doesn't happen overnight. But you also, if you're dealing with a chronic illness, you didn't get sick overnight. It's mm. a process. It's a slow mm. and insidious process. So getting healthy is gonna be a slow and very, very meticulous process in which every little decision you make, all of those small victories they were talking about, all those little wins, they add up to big wins. But you have to understand that each little, just like, it's almost like taking death by a thousand cuts and turning on its head and saying it's health by a thousand choices. It's mm, all of those like little that. decisions we make every day in their aggregate are gonna add up to our well-being. So don't despair and understand that, you know, if I can do this, then, then anyone can do this. Um, and it's just gonna require patience and dedication. Great. Yeah. Amazing. A very special thank you to you. Thank you. My pleasure. For Thanks for having me. Sharing your journey. And if you guys want to read more about it, pick up the book Real, Real Food Heals. Um, look in our winter issue. You're going to have some amazing recipes and some more advice from Seamus. And thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for awesome. having me. Yeah, absolutely. Great. And thanks so much for listening. We hope you're enjoying the podcast and like us enough to leave a nice review or a rating, share it with some of your family and friends. And, and if you're going to share it, definitely share this episode um, because this is a story that's that's worth sharing and, and worth kind of spreading the good word. And in the meantime, be sure to join us at eatthis.com on Facebook and on Twitter where, and Instagram where we are at eatthisnotthat. And I hope you join us again for a steady stream of easy, delicious food tips and information for me, John Hammond. And I'm Megan Murphy. Um, I hope you guys will follow me as well. I'm at This Girl Can Eat. And please follow our special guest on Instagram, Seamus Mullen. He always has like awesome inspiration and content on his page. And please let us know what food decisions are on your mind so we can help you eat this, not that. <laughs>